All right. How is it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm really, really excited to be talking to Ashutosh Priya Darshi, who is one of the founders of Sunsama. How's it going? Welcome to the show. It's going pretty well. Uh, thanks for having me. Excited to, to tell you more about it and kind of show you behind the curtain. I know you've used the product, so happy to dive I in. Have, yeah, I have used the product and I've always been delighted, I think is the best word to, that I can describe of when I use it. So to start, you know, I'd love to hear just a little bit of the backstory of what led to Sunsama and then um, going into what Sunsama is for people that don't know that are listening. Yeah, it's, a, it's actually a really long story over the past six years that brought us to Sunsama. Uh, but my co-founder, Travis, and I, we actually had known each other in college. Uh, we lost touch after like our first year uh, out in the working world, but we happened to randomly reconnect uh, one Thanksgiving. And he was working at like a huge company, Deloitte, at the time. And I was working at like a seven or six person startup in Palo Alto at the time. And over dinner, we were just talking about what is work like. And it kind of struck us that you know, we're basically paid for our time and to make decisions about what we're going to work on each day. And that the best tool that we had to kind of manage that process on a daily basis was either Google Calendar or Outlook. And, and it felt like a really kind of pressing problem. One, because we could see it both at like a tiny company and a gigantic company. And then on top of that, it was like, you know, we were just one year out of, out of school at the time. And we're like, man, we're going to be sitting in front of computers for the next, I don't know, 30, 40 years. And it feels totally unacceptable to live in a world where like, I'm going to have to use Google calendar to figure out kind of how I'm going to be intentional and mindful about what I want to do each day. So that kind of set us off on the path to actually start exploring this space and kind of in the first five or six years, we ended up building and launching and, and then also sunsetting about six different products in the kind of productivity, collaboration, and calendaring space, just kind of attacking different angles uh, of this problem. And the funny thing is that eventually what we came back to was what we had kind of wanted to build from the beginning, but we were now more able to do that because over those first several years, of building these kind of adjacent products, we had an opportunity to like look at thousands of like early adopters calendars, like sit in on them at work, uh, like shadow them at meetings and just like develop this rich intuition for how different people in different industries at different types of companies think about their workday. And that was kind of the, the insight that helped us center the whole product around this question of what are you going to work on today and helping and why Sensama today is basically your daily planning layer on top of all of your other tools. Yeah, I thought that approach was very unique when I first tried it. It very it, it segmented, if I remember correctly, it segmented great like tomorrow, or I guess it was the day before tomorrow. And it's like, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? What, are, what did you say you're going to do, but you don't actually need to do? I'm curious if you can walk through, for people that haven't tried Sinsama, what is a, a flow that a user go, kind of goes through when they use your product? Yeah, it's, it's pretty simple. You basically open it up either first thing in the morning or 
Some people like to do it the evening before. And Sansama actually walks you through the process of planning your day. So what does that mean? It shows you what's on your calendar for the day. Uh, it also gives you access to your tasks inside of all of your different integrations. So things like GitHub for issues and uh, pull requests or Jira, Asana, Trello, Todoist, etc. cetera, uh, because those are kind of rich backlogs of, of work, but they don't really help you answer the question of like, which of these three Trello tasks am I going to work on today? And so since Alma kind of shows you what you need to do, uh, what you already have kind of committed for today, it helps you pull in new work and then you go through the process of actually sort of roughly setting time estimates on things so that you can see, you know, when you get to about eight hours of work for the day, you should know that like there are certain tasks that you're not going to get to and just kind of Sansama helps you bump those into the next day. And the kind of counterintuitive thing is the shorter your task list is, it's like the more focused you're able to be because you don't have that extra kind of like cognitive overhead of thinking about tasks that you'll never actually get to. So the big idea is Sansama helps you like pick the set of tasks that you actually need, you actually need to do and are capable of accomplishing in a day. So I've heard that as well, that you should pick one or two or three really big things to do in the day versus, you know, 20 or 30 little small minute tasks. I'm kind of guessing a lot of your users are CEOs of, of startups and like YC companies, things like that, where there are so many things to do in the day and it, it seems hard to just break it up into, into small, big chunks. How do you advise some of your startup founder users to best get the most out of Sunsama? Yeah, I, th I think it basically starts with this idea of having a place where you can be intentional about what you want to do. We have all of these tools like Asana or Jira or Trello that are basically a place for us to capture lots of ideas or kind of document what we want to do for a sprint or a week or a month or a quarter. Uh, but just answering the question, like spending the time to answer the question of what do I want to do today, like just taking that step is like the first and most important thing you can do. Um, and I think what I, what I recommend to people is that you don't want to just um, pick off tasks, but you want to be able to reflect on what you did the day before or today and kind of get better at understanding what you're actually capable of delivering in a day. And right now it's like your tools don't really give you that feedback to help you become better. And if there's, if there's like one secret I found to being more productive, it's like, how do you figure out how you can iterate on yourself and sort of better understand like what you're capable of so that you're making sure that your focus is on the right things each day. I'm curious. Do you think a lot about mindfulness uh, tied into Sunsama? And how do you kind of think about the mindfulness kind of boom that's happening in tech? Um, and, and what else could we be doing to become more mindful as startup people? I, I think the, the short answer is, is yes. The idea of mindfulness, um, and not to get too deep into the sort of maybe spiritual uh, side of this, but... The, the question that Travis and I asked each other originally is like, how can we be mindful and intentional with what we do each day 
so that we're not just like sitting at our computers for the rest of our lives, just reacting to work. Like we, we kind of have this belief that to do good work and, and to do great work, frankly, you need to be proactive about how you utilize your time. And we're, we kind of live in a world where the default state is that we can kind of sit at our computers and let work kind of happen to us. And we just are sort of these like processing machines. It's like, I'm going to respond to these emails. I'm going to like respond to these Slack messages. And like, you can stay busy for most of the day, but the type of work that kind of builds great things is the kind of work that requires you to be intentional and sort of uh, methodical and proactive about, about your work. Um, and that's not to say that there isn't some value in actually doing some of that kind of reactive work, but giving you a way to kind of balance that and control what you do with your time is what we think is kind of the, the powerful experiences. And, and where mindfulness uh, plays into this, it's like, if you don't actually have any idea of like what you're doing each day or what you plan to do, uh, it's hard to do the things that you want to do. So helping people be mindful of what they've done today and what they plan to do is kind of the starting point. How do you personally think about needing to react to things during the day, like an important email or something on the company, you know, sets on fire? Um, how do you balance that kind of stuff with the proactiveness uh, that you're talking about? Uh, you know, because there's always going to be things that, things that come up. So, what's your framework for that? Yeah, that's that's a really good question and one that actually this week I've been wrestling with even more and more. And I, and one thing I found is that as I get deeper and deeper into Sansama and like things start to take off more and more, the question gets harder and harder, but more important. Uh, so one thing we've done like at a, at a company level is basically we've made just one person responsible for as much sort of reactive work as possible. So that person is me. So I do everything from handling like, like server alerts to intercom messages to support tickets. And so at the very least, it's like, I'm, I'm kind of like responsible for all of that. And that unblocks everybody else on the team to really focus on doing kind of the proactive work of like building out the product or building out things that take long chunks of kind of time and attention. Um, but kind of zooming into how I manage the process myself is I basically set aside time uh, each morning to process all of the reactive stuff uh, as much as possible. Uh, and then I'll set aside basically anywhere from one to three hours a day to like chip away at some major project. Um, and that's, that's kind of how I get my like, proactive work in. Um, and then what I tend to do is if I finish a meeting early or something like that, I will basically like slip in and check for any kind of urgent things like uh, server alerts or are there any like super urgent uh, customer support tickets that I need to answer. Um, but it's so, it's so, so hard because it's like the way we're wired is to want to like, like check in on the reactive work. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You, you, you do, you finish email and you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm accomplished. And it's like, no, like congrats. You just, 
finish someone else's to-do list for you. And now you can get to your own to-do list or your own Sansama, you know, in, in, in this case. So, uh, yeah, it's something that I, I spend a lot of time thinking about. And I can't imagine what it's like for someone like you at like a growing startup or even someone like, I don't know, Patrick Collison, where he's like got the, you know, a giant, a giant company in Stripe and he, he has to deal with the same stuff. But, and I, I do think that Sansama is, uh, is, kind of getting people to think in the right direction on just like focusing on the day and being proactive about what you're going to spend your time on. I'm curious, where do you see Sansama going and, and kind of what's your vision for where it could go in the next decade and and beyond? Yeah. In the next decade, basically where we want to be is we want to be your primary interface for the work that you do each day. Uh, we kind of see like a proliferation of SaaS tools that help you handle like all of these different workflows, right? Like as a product team, for example, you might be using Asana, GitHub, uh, product board, and Jira simultaneously. That's not, that's not really that crazy. And on top of that, kind of personally, you might be using Slack and email and some other tools. And each of these are kind of like backlogs or queues of work. Um, and what we see our job being is helping you create kind of that single unified list of just the stuff you're going to work on today. So we're not trying to be a bug tracker. We're not trying to be like a team chat tool. We're not trying to be all of those things. We're just trying to be the place where you can kind of figure out like, Hey, like this is what I need to work on today. And like, I can come in here and this is like a safe place to feel sort of, not distracted by work that's accumulating up in these other systems. And so I think we see a world where those tools will continue to be the place where work accumulates, but Sensama is the place where you're actually working out of and, and interacting with those tools. And I think if we kind of project where the world is going, it's like we're going into a world where work is more and more remote. Um, and one of the interesting consequences of remote work is I think people have to be more autonomous about how they're spending their time uh, and make better decisions about what they're going to do each day. And so having a tool that helps you be mindful about that and sort of get better at sort of just managing your time and priorities each day is kind of an essential part of the remote or distributed workers toolkit. I completely agree with that. And something like Sensama, I think can really help Something that I, I, I was gonna move away from product, but I actually just got this idea and I wanna, I wanna stay on Sansama for a little longer. Sure. It's actually, I have, a, I have a, a self-indulgent question on a situation that came up a couple of days ago that I, I used Sansama and I'm kinda curious if, if the way that I used it was the best way or if there's another way I, I could have better used it. So I, I don't remember what the exact task that came up, but I was, it was probably like six o'clock in the afternoon or six o'clock in the evening and something came up and I'm like, Oh, I, I can't do this today. I need to, but I don't want to forget to do it tomorrow. So I just added it as a task for tomorrow on Sansama and, and just to remind me that it's something that I have to do. So almost in a way it took the place of Todoist or took the place of Asana. Is that, is that one of the intended uses of a Sunsama, or would it, would it be better to plug that into one of my task tools and then and then that plugs into Sunsama? Like, is there an optimal way to use that? I think that that's basically an okay use. Um, what we what we kind of recommend is that you should be using Sunsama to plan out today, almost like with with some level of detail, and you may 
like plan out some of the things that you need to do over the next few days, but it's, it's really unlikely that you're going to be using it to plan anything further out. Um, if that makes sense. And so typically like what we see even amongst our power users is like their stack of work for today is kind of like fleshed out and detailed. And then tomorrow or the next day, you'll just see, you may, you may see like their, you know, whatever recurring tasks that they might have, but they also will have maybe just like one or two items, which are like their kind of big ticket items that they want to work on for that day. Um, and then when that day comes around, or the evening before, they'll actually kind of flesh out that day in, in more detail. So I think what you did is, is fine, but I think the thing to keep in mind is that the further out in time you go, kind of the less uh, confidence you have about what you're able to do. And it drops off like dramatically, like it's like exponential, right? It's like you have some idea of what you can do today, but what you can do like tomorrow and the next day is just like, you have no idea really. I'm curious to hear it just from you. Sansama, it's an interesting name. Um, it, it makes me wonder, uh, where'd you get the name from and how'd you come up with it? Sure, so uh, the, the word is kind of a compound of the word sun and sama. Sun, we chose because it's kind of the, well, obviously like the sun in the sky, the primordial timekeeper for man. It's like the original calendar or bringer of the day. So that sort of felt like a natural fit that we wanted to have in there. And then Sama is sort of the Japanese honorific for respected one. So in, in one way, you could kind of translate it as respected son. And we thought that because we knew that the product we were building, and, and the funny thing is, you start building something and it starts to, it starts to evolve on its own as people start using the product. But we thought that this was kind of a a sufficiently general name uh, that would kind of fit whatever it is that we ended up doing because we knew that this was the space that we cared about. Um, and other nice things, the domain was available for like $13.99. That is the best feeling in the world. <laughs> yeah, when I was started Publoft, which is my company, it was available for whatever, 10 bucks, 11 bucks, 13 bucks. I'm like, I don't even know what this word means, but I'm gonna get it and I'm gonna turn it into something. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is we see like, uh, especially with, with users that outside of the United States, we get a lot of people telling us that they really love the name, um, which, is, which is interesting, but we get a lot more people like in the US who are like, oh, how do you spell that exactly? Um, so it's kind of interesting. And I think like we hear like, especially like people in Asian countries or even like customers that are in India, they feel like it's like a name that is something that they're used to hearing. So it's kind of interesting because it's, you know, I feel like a lot of uh, company names are are typically very like American or English uh, yeah. or Western, so. Well, it kind of, for better or for worse, when I think of Sansama, it makes me kind of think of, of peace. It makes me feel wise. It makes me feel like I'm like almost like a monk or, it, like, I feel like it's like higher level like of consciousness is what I hear when I, when I, here is Sama, which it kind of gives you once you're controlling your day like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we certainly uh, had some thoughts of, you know, this evokes those kinds of like feelings and emotions. Like, you know, people are always like asking, is it like related to like samsara or uh, like some of those more mm -hmm. philosophical concepts? And we're like, 
I mean, yes, we were kind of inspired by those right. sounds, uh, but the, the explanation I kind of gave you is, is where yep. we start. All right, cool. Well, something I'm interested in is this tool, I mean, your market is, is let's say, 6 billion people because because everyone, I think, wants to plan out their day and be as effective as they can, whether it's knowledge work, whether it's other kind of work. It's just like people want to optimize their days around the world. So I'm kind of interested if you're open to sharing, how have you been thinking about getting the word out about Sansama and kind of distributing it? Is it a lot of word of mouth? Is it, is it ads? Like, how are you sharing it with the world? Yeah, so we originally started by just doing like a, you know, a startup rite of passage, which is like a product hunt launch. And the really cool thing that we saw is like, as soon as we did that, we just had like consistent, like, like new traffic to our website. And it's basically never stopped from that. Uh, because it's, this is like a problem that people have been trying to solve uh, for so long. Uh, like how do you pull together like tasks and calendar and have like a plan for the day um, that like organic traffic has been really sort of just a valuable part of, of how we grow. Um, and now as we've sort of, you know, it feels like we're starting to move and we've started experimenting with some paid acquisition more as kind of a channel for experimentation. We're still pretty early, so it's not like we're dropping all of our, uh, around into that. Um, it's more just sort of to kind of understand like, okay, what kind of messaging works? What kind of like audiences work, um, et cetera. So we have been doing, doing some of that, but it, it's pretty minimal to this point. That makes a lot of sense. And, and you're definitely growing, you know, in my, I, I would say biased opinion, but you're growing how you should, which is organically. I think a lot of people take all their, all their money and put it into ads from the get. And I just think it's a recipe to have really high CAC and really bad margins, you know, down the line. So the fact that you're growing organically is super cool. And I'm not surprised either based on the quality of the product. So let's move a little bit away from Sunsama and, uh, and kind of productivity and go a little bit of a, of a higher level in that, you know, there's, there's tons of people that are working on tons of products and companies and solving problems in the world. I know you, I, I'm pretty sure you were part of the, a recent batch of YC, so you've seen like all these different people building all these companies. I'm kind of curious, what are some companies out there or problems to be solved that kind of interest you that you might not be working on every day, but you spend some time thinking about and uh, they make you curious? I think a, a product, maybe like theme, that I'm interested in and it's going to kind of harken back to what I do, but I'm really interested in, in companies that are building products that don't take advantage of like our psychological weaknesses. And I think what we saw in the, like this past decade is like with the proliferation of Slack, um, Instagram and all of these other tools, it's like, we've just become like totally like addled by, like intermittent notifications and like product designers, basically not only did they not care that we have these kind of uh, predispositions to be easily distracted by these mechanisms, but they, they sort of like double down on them to make addictive products. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious to see if there will be a new wave of, of products where not only do people not make like, sort of distracting notifications, the default setting, but they actually go against the grain and like kind of turn that off to allow people to, to reclaim their focus. And, and an example of a company that comes to mind 
when I think about this is there's a new email app out there called Tempo. Um, and what's really interesting is the default setting in that app is that they only refresh your inbox twice a day. And so it's like they're basically building a product around what is like an intrinsically addicting like thing, which is your email, right? Like you get these like this email and you're like, oh, I want to see what emails I got. And you're always checking your inbox. And, and they said, okay, no, we're going to actually like make it harder for you to, to get that gratification of, of the variable rewards, right? And I think that whoever that product designer was out there that did that, it's, it's like a small act of courage, basically, to say, like, we're not going to just, like, make a product that's addicting. We're going to make a product that you're going to use every day because it's, it's valuable to you and your workflow. And I think we're going to see more and more of that uh, because we're kind of seeing a shift in how people think about their time and attention. Um, and I think as product designers, we have a responsibility to actually like augment people instead of kind of take advantage of their, their weaknesses. Well, I think going along those lines, um, you're a part of this movement in that there are, there used to be a lot of companies that it was freemium, right? Or not just freemium. It was just free. It was like, Hey, you know, here, even it wasn't necessarily just Facebook and Instagram, but just here's a free product. And we're going to make your, we're going to make money other ways. And now we realize those ways may not be you know, the best ways. And now I, as a consumer, um, at least when, I, when I'm a consumer, I see a bunch of products like Sansama that like that charge for their worth that that aren't like oh get in there early and and we'll you know don't worry about paying like you're charging and I think that's really good and not just for you as as a company but it makes me value Sansama more in that I'm doing a transaction with you every single month so it's it's not I'm not just like. It's not this thing I'm not bought into. I am bought into it. So it makes me want to be a better user. And I am a better user because of it. So I think that kind of goes along with what you're talking about. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like finding the right incentives. And also, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if your product ends up being free, it's like then you have to start looking for other pathways as a business to monetize. And those pathways may not be ones that are best for your user's mental health, right? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, we'll see. I, I don't remember who it was actually, but in the last, I would say, 10 guests, I had a, I had a guest that was talking about this, and he thinks there's going to be billion-dollar companies built on the backs of the problems that the last billion-dollar or their $10 billion company has created, um, like going, you know, DuckDuckGo is, I think, in this example of like this one mm -hmm. that kind of interesting, but as the cards are being dealt and played, um, they kind of look more attractive every day, I think, as, as Google you know, does what yeah. they do. And I think we're seeing just like a, like a massive shift in how people just think both about work and about themselves. Like, you know, you mentioned earlier kind of this trend towards mindfulness as being one part of that. Um, I think we're seeing also just like people feeling like it's not, and in fact, people are coming to realize that it's not just that they're somehow like deficient or uh, unproductive or lack discipline, but that it's actually their tools that are taking advantage of them to some extent. Um, and, and that's one thing that I, I've come to feel uh, strongly about as someone who thinks about 
what it means to be productive every day is that it's not, it's not that we're all just like not hardworking enough, but that we live in an environment that makes it hard to be focused. I want to ask a, a couple more questions. Um, so you're building this, you're building this tool to help people be more productive every day, day by day. I'm curious, do you have just any general tips? Um, it could be within Sonsama, it could be other random tips, but it, what are some, some tips that you could give the listeners who just want to be more productive but may, may struggle with it outside of just you know, signing up for Sonsama? Um, how, what, what can they improve? Uh, how can they improve their days? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of avenues and I, I think I alluded to this earlier. Um, but I think the number one thing you could do is set aside the time to be intentional about what you want to do each day that kind of sets you up for success. And then the only other thing that I've found in the long term that brings, that makes you more productive, so to say, is to, is to get better at understanding yourself. And when you better understand how you work, when you work best, you're able to make better decisions about uh, when you should work, what you should work on. And if you can basically work on things that are important more often than things that are not important, you're going to end up being productive. And I think the, the trick to productivity is actually not doing more things, but spending your time doing the right things because then you're producing what you want. Uh, it's when you're doing stuff and producing stuff that's not really meaningful or producing stuff that's like work that other people assign to you that isn't important where yes, you're checking off things and getting stuff done, but you're not productive in the sense that you're not producing what it is that's like essential to uh, either your business or whatever brings you kind of some, some type of fulfillment. I think we're seeing people uh, catch on to this and I think it's take breaks. I think breaks are like the best thing ever. Uh, I typically take uh, kind of a couple breaks during the day. Um, I will have like a short walk in the morning. Um, I take a long lunch uh, and just unwind a little bit. And then in the afternoon, I take a break to, to have a snack and just relax. And if you're actually working hard and intensely, you need those breaks. And there's, there's no shame in taking them. And I, I hope we get to a world where people are um, like celebrating the time that they're spending uh, away from work. And I mean, if you look at, if you look at like pro athletes, right? Uh, like LeBron James, they're spending a lot of time figuring out how to recover uh, and recover well. And I think figuring out how you can recover well so that you can really apply your focus and attention uh, in an intense manner uh, is, is really important. Do you have any suggestions on how to think about length of breaks. Are they short? Are they long? Does it depend on the day? Yeah, I think that's one of those things that comes with uh, kind of exploring yourself and learning about what, what works for you. Um, so uh, I kind of have like different levels of breaks in that uh, in a given day, I have my kind of like three shorter breaks, like the lunch break, kind of a morning walk, like afternoon, have a snack. Um, and then like once a week I have like a longer break 
And I, this is something I've been experimenting with more recently. It'll be like in the morning, I will either go to the, to the forest or the park and have like a, a longer walk. Um, or I've also tried recently going to a float tank, which was an interesting experience. So those are kind of like inserting like a longer break somewhere in my week uh, where I'm kind of forced to do something else. And then I think, you know, whatever it is for you, like every few weeks, it's, it, it makes sense to like take like an extra day off uh, or an extra half day off, whatever works for you, but to just kind of get a break at, at a larger scale. So I kind of take breaks within the day, breaks within the week, and then a break kind of within the month. My last question for you before we learn about where we can find Sansama and you online is, is there's a lot of people that are listening to this that um, they, they want to be productive. They, they, they want to work on something. They have an idea to start a company, but they don't necessarily know the best first step on how, how, how to start a company or how to build something, you know, that they can get funded or something like that. What general tips would you have to someone who wants to start a company, but doesn't know the first step to start? Yeah, well, I think I was, I was in that boat myself uh, a long time ago. And I think once you get to the point where you just really want to see something in the world, like a product exist or uh, a business exist, you'll kind of find a way to make it in, in some form or fashion. Like if you can't code, like write down how this, whatever, this app you want to, you want to exist will work or draw it on a piece of paper or sketch it out. Or if you know how to use a prototyping tool, do that. If you know how to write some code, make a really basic version that's like hard coded, but like start by making something that's tangible. And as soon as you do that, if you do actually care about what you're building, you'll naturally say like, okay, I want to make this like a little bit more real and a little bit more real. And you'll eventually get to the point where you'll have something that you can put out into the world. So, you know, if it starts with like two sentences about what it is, that's the first place to start. Write it down and make it something real and then just keep going from there. All right. I, I, if you're listening and, and you want to start a company, you now know how to get started. My, my last question for you before we wrap it up is, you know, we've talked this whole time about productivity and Sansama and, and this awesome tool that you're building. Where can uh, the listeners learn more about Sansama and try it out? Where can they learn more about you online? Uh, the World Wide Web is a great place to start. And uh, we're at sansama.com. So that's S-U-N-S-A-M-A. Uh, so sun in the sky, S-A-M-A dot com. Um, so you can go there and sign up right from the website. Uh, and then if you want to talk to us or kind of follow up uh, further, uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Priyadarshi. So that's the and then my last name, P-R-I-Y-A-D-A-R-S-H-Y. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I learned a ton, and now I know how I'm going to use Sansama in a more effective way. So thank you again for coming on. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me.